This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Huffman. We're on the phone right now with Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. Jim, our first talk of 2023, and boy, yesterday kind of kicked the markets into the chin. Soybeans looking like they're trying to recover a little bit. Tell us what's going on into this Wednesday. Right now, the weather is being the dominant force in the bean market. You mentioned the bean market was down hard yesterday. That probably had a lot to do with rain over the holiday weekend, as well as a little bit of more rain in the forecast this upcoming weekend. It does seem like, at least in the overnight model runs, some of the rain here toward the end of the week, maybe they kind of lighten it up a little bit, and that seemed to bring back some of the premium that we lost yesterday back into the market. But uh, the bean market in general is going to be trading very choppy till they get a handle on the South American production size. Dustin, but the one thing I want to point out, I do believe this Argentina bean crop is getting smaller. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, they're looking at around a 43. We'll get new estimates from the government tomorrow or not tomorrow, excuse me, next week. But, you know, I think it could slide probably closer to 40. But the reality is Brazil's bean crops estimated at 151. It's probably going to push closer to 155 when it's all said and done. So here's where we sit um, right now is a current estimate for Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, Bolivia, and Uruguay is about 210 million metric tons. To put it in perspective, a year ago, those same countries – net production was 180. So you can see the difference where we're at right now, about a 30 million metric ton increase. So even with Argentina's crop gets a little bit smaller, even if it falls below 40, the reality is if Brazil continues to get the rain and they continue to get forecasted rains, they, they're going to offset each other in the big picture. And I think eventually the market's going to pivot away from focusing on Argentina, focus on the South American production as a whole, and that's probably going to have a negative drag on the bean market which means if you look at it that way, the beans look maybe a little bit overpriced. Now, when we look at the fact that, you know, in the United States, like you said, we're, we're looking overpriced right now, which are great if you've got beans to sell, if you can get them sold. But also the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, if you start seeing that market drag down and you look at input costs of where they're at, I mean, it's going to be tougher for farmers to, to find uh, that, that profit line there pretty soon, isn't it? Well, there's no doubt about it. One thing I want to point out about the new crop specifically, uh, looking at where we were just the beginning of the year, on January 3rd of 2022, November 22 beans are trading about 1283. November beans, right this moment, as we're in that midday, in that you know morning pause, are trading at 1401 and a half. So wait, you know, quite a, over a dollar premium corn. A year ago, 547. Today, you can sell corn at 602 and a half. So if you look at where we're at, the market is priced in a lot of supply concerns, I believe, right this moment compared to historical norms. And if the supply situation is not as bad as we're fearful, that's going to be negative. The next shoe to drop, Dustin, could be demand. Um, there, you know, export demand, especially for the corn, has definitely been lagging. Uh, ethanol demand has been good, but the price of crude oil continues to drop. That's dragging down energy costs as a whole. Is that going to have a negative impact on crush margins down the line and slow down demand for ethanol? So the worst-case scenario could be developing for a producer. Supply builds in South America, demand wanes across the United States, but not just the U.S., the world. The IMF came out overnight and said, hey, look, over a third of the, of the world's uh, economies are going to be in a recession. And the fear, big problem is most of the ones that are going to go in a recession are some of the biggest economies in the world, the United States and Europe. 
Now, you hinted earlier about, you know, getting government reports next week. I mean, the biggest report of last year comes out this month. Uh, we're going to get those uh, final numbers, hopefully, from the USDA. What are we looking to, what do we think we're going to see coming out of that report? Well, right now, we haven't got the average guesses out right now, but in general, kind of the analog years when the crop gets bigger and that crop kind of got bigger throughout the fall, it usually gets revised up a little bit going into this January report. So a 50 to 75 million increase in corn, you know, up to a 25 million increase in production in beans is not out of the, out of the realm of probability. So the crop could get bigger, but if you look on the export side of the situation, especially on the corn, um, demand has not been that good. So there's a very good shot, worst case scenario, it could develop for the producer. The crop is going to get bigger and they're going to cut demand and the net effect is the carryouts are going to grow. Now, we've gotten past the holiday slump, or I should say surge, uh, and now, you know, with proteins uh, and markets kind of going back to normal with, you know, with holiday buying, and holiday buying wasn't as good as we hoped for. Uh, you know, looking at these uh, cattle and hog markets, I mean, obviously yesterday a lot of pressure across the marketplace. Uh, they weren't able to take advantage of those cheaper feed prices. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you expect to see in the next week or so here with cattle and hogs. Well, things will be a little bit choppy. I mean, you you know, you got a shortened week, no doubt about it, kill-wise, because everybody was closed on Monday for the New Year's. But the reality is the cattle market's in a really interesting situation, so is the hogs. If you look at all the supply numbers, all the argument is the U.S. supply is tightening, and that should be very friendly, you know, near-term as well as long-term. But the problem I can see is, especially on the cattle, we're importing a lot of cattle from Canada, unfortunately. We're going to get, I think, even more beef supplies from the rest of the world. As a world economy tends to slow down, those producers of beef in other parts of the world, Australia, South America, we tend to get dumped on with their excess supply. So the supply situation may not be as tight as we fear. Then on top of that, the demand situation could really start to struggle if the economy goes into a recession. And unfortunately, I think nine out of 10 economists believe we are going to go in a recession because that's what the Fed, it doesn't want to put us in a recession, but that's more than likely what it has to do to get us out of this inflationary cycle. The Fed has told us, Dustin, often, over and over and over, inflation is their biggest fear. They don't want to get it entrenched. When we had inflation in the 70s, it took a very, very long time to get it out of the system. Once you get inflation into the system, it's very hard to get it out. So they're doing their darndest to get it out of the system. And right now, they keep telling us they're willing to put in the pain to slow to get that inflation out. By pain, I mean raising interest rates, which is going to slow down the economy, which is going to cause layoffs, which eventually is going to hurt demand for products. Now, the, the market is, keeps thinking the Fed's going to blink. But if the Fed doesn't blink, the market's probably a little bit over-optimistic, and that could be very negative. And that's why, to get all the way around to the beginning of the circle, that's why producers, I think, got to take a really hard look at selling $6 new crop corn and selling $14 new crop beans and maybe use an option play if you want to play the what if we stay dry this summer. Maybe going back, uh, you know, overview on economics, you know, you're talking about the Fed raising interest rates and working with inflation. You know, obviously, short term, this is not a fun thing, but long term is what they're looking at. I mean, obviously, we've had a good ride upward and a, a strong ride upward. It's bringing it back down in a controlled way uh, versus what we saw almost 100 years ago is kind of what they're trying to do, correct? Well, exactly. I mean, they're trying to slow it down. This is where you have the whole argument you keep hearing people talk about sticking that landing. I mean, the goal of the Fed is to get this economy slowed down just enough to bring inflation down, but not put us into a recession. That is the government's goal at this point. But most economists say the odds of that happening are getting harder and harder, which means we're going to go into recession. It just is a matter of how hard of a recession we're going to get. Now, the one thing I can point out, though, is 
the one thing everyone always says is when everyone's looking for something to happen, it tends not to happen. So I guess you could argue if you want to be a contrarian with so many people arguing we're going to recession, the contrarian argument says that oh, maybe the Fed will be able to stick this landing and, and not put us into such a hard recession or a recession at all, which would be very good for demand. A lot of that also does is going to impact on what happens in China right now. China's got COVID racing through their, their um, major cities right now. Their economy is slowing down. It's interesting when they've had COVID the last couple of years, it broke out. The Chinese essentially locked people into their apartments and said, hey, don't go anywhere. The Chinese people, and interesting enough, are doing it themselves as this COVID has ripped through the major cities. Um, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. They've got their new uh, New Year's holiday here at the end of the month. A lot of people travel there. It's going to probably move into rural part of China then. If we can get through that hump and then get the Chinese economy to start spinning back higher in the latter part of 23, that will be good for our demand. But near term, I think you've got to be a little bit cautious about demand from China for any products from corn to beans to cattle to hogs to uh, energy. So something we need to keep an eye on. Now, as you said, Jim, a couple of different times we talked about that is making sure you can take advantage and, and lock in some profits where you can. So if, if folks want to talk about some of their market strategies and, and see what their options are out there, how do they get in touch with agmarket.net? Well, you can reach me directly at 815-665-0464. But the one thing I'm going to um, recommend people consider doing is going to our website, agmarket.net, sign up for a free trial of our research, or better yet, um, sign up for our conference that is going to be happening in the first weekend of February in Nashville. All right, Jim. Well, it sounds good, and we thank you so much for the insight. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thank you, and uh, have a good week of trading. That again was Jim McCormick of AgMarket.net. Let's run down those numbers for you. March corn is down a nickel at 665 and a half. May down five and a quarter at 664 and three quarters. December new crop down six and a quarter at six dollars and a half cent. January beans up six and a half at 1493 and three quarters. March up a nickel at 1497 and a quarter. November beans up one and a quarter at 1398 and a quarter. Soy meal up five dollars and forty cents at 470.50 per ton. Soy oil down 40 cents at 60. 282. Chicago wheat down 13 and a quarter at 769 and a half. Minneapolis wheat down six and a quarter at 904 and a quarter. Kansas wheat down 13 cents at 851 and a half. May oats are down a quarter right now at 362 even. On the Merck, February live cattle up 47 cents at 157.32. January feeders up 65 cents at 183.35. February lean hogs down 20 cents at 84.85. Pork cutouts unchanged at 91.80. Class 3 milk down 13 cents at 18.94. Thanks again to Jim McCormick of agmarket.net for joining us here on the Opening Market Podcast. I'm Dustin Huffman on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters.